blocking. Deep pattern downfield. Touchdown, Miami. What a throw. Devontae Parker. Holy smokes. What a drive. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose each and every day of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the final day of open practice to the fans is in the books. And as we do every day, we have a report for you. Top performers, individual notes, and plenty of commentary from Coach Flores, Kirk Merritt, Jesse Davis. A big day for the rookies as we break down some of their performances today, some situational football. Plenty to come here from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. I want to start this podcast by talking about food and also reason number 378, why I'm not cut out to be a football player. Today, personally, I put down pancakes with syrup, bacon, eggs, hash browns, then for lunch, a wedge salad with entirely too much ranch dressing. Like, to me, salad's about how much dressing you have, and it's not good after that. Lasagna with a roll, two Diet Pepsis, and four Chips Ahoy cookies. Not great, Bob. Not great. But the players, they do it a lot differently And one of the themes of a very jovial and fun press conference today with head coach Brian Flores was about nutrition and taking care of your body, specifically in reference to Raekwon Davis and Kirk Merritt, who the reporters asked coach about. And here's what coach had to say about nutrition, not just for those guys, but the focus on health and putting yourself in the best possible position for peak performance, because that's what it's all about, right? That's why we have this state-of-the-art training complex of perfection. That's why you have a sports science, nutrition, strength coach program, all that fun stuff. So here's Brian Flores talking about nutrition, taking care of your body, but mostly about Kirk Merritt and Raekwon Davis. Up first, Kirk, and then we'll go to Raekwon. He's grown from a work habit standpoint. I think he he knows how or is learning how to um, get on a routine, stay on a routine, um, believe in a routine, and believe in that, you know, the extra work on the jugs and the extra film study and the extra, um, you know, reps and sets in the weight room will help him and have helped him uh, make improvements. Um, and I think we've seen those improvements on the field, uh, both in practice and in games. And I think he, he understands that. And he'll if he continues to do those things off the field um, and in the classroom, off the field, in the classroom, in the weight room, from a nutrition standpoint, and he'll continue to make those improvements that he's already made. So uh, he's done a nice job, and um, I mean, I'm very pleased with where, where the growth he's made. It's cool to see the development kind of take place in front of your eyes as these guys work out here every day. And going from their rookie season to their second season, I think that's where you've seen some of the most tangible growth from this football team. That's a, a nod, obviously, to Brian Flores as well as his staff, that guys – whether it's from year one to year two, year two to year three, that's where the most growth is probably going to occur. But you see it across the entire roster. And we've covered this so many times on podcasts with Jerome Baker taking leaps at certain stages of his career, but also a guy like Eric Rowe have the best really two-year run of his career in years five and six of his career. Devontae Parker, the same story. So development is not just 
for the young guys in this program. It's about everybody and everyone trying to get better. So it was good to hear about Kirk Merritt, who we're going to hear more from Kirk on his own development, which I thought he gave some great answers in that regard. But I want to go now as coach talks about Raekwon Davis. And this is where we get into also some more talk on the nutrition and all that fun stuff. So here's coach on Dolphins' second-year defensive tackle, Raekwon Davis. Uh, I think Raekwon's, uh, you know, his spring, his summer has been good. Um, this is another young guy, young player who um, has become, you know, we've talked a lot about Tua and his, his, his growth. I think Raekwon's grown a lot as well. Much more comfortable um, with his surroundings, with his settings, again, with his routine, with how he takes care of his body, um, the things he eats, how much he sleeps. Um, I think that's something that, um, you know, Caleb Thornhill and our, our player engagement group has done a nice job of helping these guys um, you know, with their routines um, and helping them learn how to be professionals. You know, I think that's something that young players need. Um, they need some guidance on that. I think, you know, as an organization, we try to help them with that as coaches, as, you know, uh, Caleb and his staff, as a training staff, as a, as a strength and conditioning staff. I think those, um, you know, different groups um, are kind of coaching these young guys in that area about, you know, what are the best things for you to be uh, the best version of yourself on and off the field? And I think our staff done a nice job of that. But, you know, we can talk all we want. The players have to take the information and apply it. I think Raekwon's done a nice job of that. And um, I think he's making an improvement, and we need to continue to make, make, make more improvement. I just I continue to love the insight there from coaches. He kind of tells us the behind the scenes of how you make this development happen, how you get guys at their peak fundamentals and technique and execution when it comes to football, but also away from the field because it requires a great deal of discipline to put in that effort, to put in that time and to not take part in the extracurriculars like snacks and donuts and cakes and all that fun stuff that is just so tempting every single night for, for me personally. Let's go back to Raekwon Davis now and talk to him about his diet, but also the routine of trying to get better sleep and just doing the things that Coach Flores talked about to get the most out of his performance. Here's Raekwon. Most definitely just try to eat better, you know, try to go to sleep at a certain time. Uh, you know, just try to get to that eight hours of sleep, you know, try to get that get nutrition in your body, you know what I'm saying? Something healthy in your body to get you going fast. Uh, nah. I mean, I, I have my days. Some days I, I really do go go to bed that early, but not that 8, yeah, that kind of, we don't get out of means until like 7. I don't get home until 7.30, so, yeah. Any- <laughs> I love hearing Raekwon talk about the schedule of the day because I feel you on that, man, getting up in the morning with my daughter, putting her to bed. It feels like it's about a 16-hour day by the time it all comes to its conclusion. And then we had Kirk Merritt, and I asked him a bunch of questions, but I started off by asking him about his favorite dessert because the reporter before I had asked the question said something about nutrition, and that was kind of a theme of the day. And I said, what's your go-to dessert? And he said, donuts. And I thought, donuts are pretty elite. I don't know. What do you guys think? I started thinking about it after that more. Are they elite in elite dessert? I think they might have been, I think that might have been too strong of a phrasing actually because they're not ice cream and they're not cookies, which are the two elite desserts of all desserts. And he did say one thing that I thought was interesting that it's a once a week type of deal with donuts. You can get them once a week, that's it. I thought to myself, if I could get Dairy Queen Chocolate Brownie Extreme Blizzards down to just one per week, that would be a pretty big win. Let's go back to Kirk Merritt here who was asked, What's a change you made in your diet or in your eating habits that has made a big result for you or produced a good result for you? Here's Kirk. 
Uh, probably not eat past 9.30, 10. Um, I lost a couple pounds, but I feel, feel way better, healthier. So probably not eat past 9.30 and stay away from the chocolate and all the dessert. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. That's the discipline right there. Not eating past 930, that's the best time to eat. So these guys continue to show that strong discipline, not just on the football field to be one of the fewest, the least penalized teams in the National Football League, but taking care of those details elsewhere in the kitchen is certainly a big area for that. And we'll go ahead and go with my questioning here for Kirk Mayer and just kind of play it all the way through. You probably can't hear my audio as well, but I first started off here asking Kirk, how did it feel to get out there for a preseason game since you didn't get that opportunity last year as a rookie? And he did play a couple of snaps, like a handful of snaps last year, I think mostly on special teams when he got the call up to the regular season roster. But this was his first good chunk of action the last couple of weeks in the preseason. So I wanted to ask him how valuable that was. Uh, it was it was a great, great opportunity for me because last year, you know, obviously we didn't have no preseason. But um, I, feel, I feel great. Um, it's great to practice against other teams and not your own teammates. But um, I feel I feel I feel great about the opportunity, and obviously this Sunday, just take it day by day. Feel good to score a touchdown, and spike that football. <laughs> yes, sir. It, it felt great, but I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it without Reed throwing the ball and obviously line protecting. So. What do you say about that connection that you and him kind of established mm-hmm. early in camp? Because I mean, it seemed like every day it was Sinet to Mara, Sinet to Mara. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, we have, we have a good relationship. Uh, he stays literally down the street from me, so we always hanging out and stuff. So, I mean. We always go to the movies. I mean, just just hang out all the time. So when well, we always had had that relationship, so obviously it's great to bring to the field. What's your mindset like when you get you know you have the production and practice with with Reed and, and the third team, and then mm-hmm. you get the promotion to play with Jacoby in the second mm-hmm. team, and eventually up with two in the mm-hmm. ones? What's that mindset like for you? The reaction you have when when you get those call ups? Uh, it's it's a, it's a great feeling just to know that you know your hard work is paying off. Um, but it's not over. You know, we competing every day and. It's the NFL, so, I mean, you got great guys. We got great guys in the receiving room competing every day and just got to take it day by day and just stay, stay focused. What's you your know, coach, uh, coach always talks about your development, whether you're a young player or veteran, mm-hmm. you can never stop developing. What can you say about Coach Brazard and that receiver's room and how he's helped develop you so far? Oh, yeah. Um, every day we, we go through film, good or bad, um, go through coverages with the defense. That's that's some, something I wasn't really used to, um, but – just the coverages and and knowing, picking up on defense, you know, obviously in the NFL they try to disguise everything. So, I mean, just picking up stuff on that and releases, basically everything by receiver, that's what we really go over. So, like, when you're in college, is it more just like, I'm going to beat my guy, I don't have to worry about the coverage and stuff, and you get here and it's like kind of a wake-up call? Or? Uh, I wouldn't say a wake-up call, but um, when I was in college, uh, Coach Cephalo, he, he taught me coverage and stuff, but, you know, it's the NFL, it's a whole different game, you know. So I want to just play that audio for you guys because I thought he was really good and just talked about kind of the experience of, of being in his position and being part of this club and, and you know, going through a, a weird season in his first year and now coming back here and having at least a little taste of normalcy. Why don't we go ahead and just stay on media here? We're so far into it and finish up with Jesse Davis. And we talked with about this in the Falcons recap about how the Dolphins really turned up the heat on Felipe Franks with some of the games they run up front, all the twists and stunts and and loopers and the and the slants, forgot that word there for a second, they show up front and Sam Egwavon and all the rushers getting home with all those games. So I wanted to ask Jesse how seeing that in practice helps the offensive line and how seeing all that kind of helps keep them sharp. Here's Jesse on the mental side of playing offensive line and seeing all kinds of different games from the defensive line. 
Yeah, I think, you know, mix is a lot more sharper, that's for sure. I mean, it's tough. You know, they got a, it's obviously a good defense. Um, you know, give us a, diff- a lot of different looks, so it makes us communicate more, um, you know, rely on each other more in, the, in, um, in that aspect. So going into it, like, with that under our belt, hopefully it'll, it'll show. And I asked Jesse about something I've noticed at practice quite a lot that you always love to see, as I so often see Liam Eichenberg come over to Jesse between reps and get a little bit of player coaching. And Jesse told us it's not just him helping the youngster, but also vice versa. Yeah, you know, right now we're playing the same spot. You know, he tells me what he sees. I tell him what I see, um, what we can improve on, you know, what we can do better. So, I mean, he's my eyes and and I'm his. So, um, you know, just hand placement, footwork, kind of that stuff. You know, what I see with alignments. Let's go ahead and finish where we started and go back to Coach Flores. First, the non-audios. Tua Tungabailoa will not play in the game on Sunday. You probably saw that already on Twitter or otherwise. And that's going to be the case for the majority of the starters. And I use air quotes there because we know that starters are not necessarily a thing in football anymore or necessarily on this team. But, I mean, obviously you have some guys like the offensive line or your quarterback. But you get the point. There's lots of rotation, lots of players that play multiple roles per package. But we're not going to see a lot of the guys up in Cincinnati And then Coach said they're working through the decision to see who gets what amount of reps in that game. But he did also say when asked if the performance against the Falcons, that that strong performance did not influence the decision. The decision to not play Tua had already been made beforehand, but I love the part where he added in that it certainly didn't hurt. Coach also told us that vaccinated or unvaccinated, as the big topic around the league right now, that they're going to keep the best players and play the best players regardless of that status. And finally, why don't we go to the podium here and hear from head coach Brian Flores on just how important special teams factors in to the final 53. Um, I think that's a, that's a big part of the, uh, the final decisions that we make. Uh, you know, the kicking game is obviously a big part of, uh, of, of football. Um, and you know we want to be good in a kicking game. So yeah, those those when we're making those final decisions, you know, what a guy can do in you know in, in on special teams is is part of that decision. Um, you know, the more you can do gives you you know more opportunity to help this team win um, or try to win games. And you know that yeah, it definitely comes into play. Um, I don't think that's just you know for for the Miami Dolphins. I think that's for across the league. Um, a block field goal, a big kickoff return, a big punt return, a missed field goal. I mean, those are all plays in the game that you know if you if you take them for granted, you know that'll come back to bite you. So, um, I would say, you know, every team in the league is uh, makes the kicking game some somewhat of a priority, especially when when it comes down to these cuts. All right, that's the end of our media on this podcast. Let's go ahead and get to the practice notes here. First, attendance. Will Fuller was out there again for the third straight day this week. So was Devontae Parker, but this time as well in the non-contact red jersey. No Albert Wilson, no Javon Holland, no Adam Pankey, no Vince Beagle, and no Seathan Carter. Brandon Jones was out there working again, and I know he was out there earlier this week, but I just wanted to go ahead and put it in the notes because it's good to see 29 back out there after missing some time with the ankle. And I want to start with a little segment here about the practice today and the growth of our 2021 rookie class, which I thought collectively had their best day of camp. (coughs) Excuse me. Jalen Waddle, start there. We'll go in order of draft pick here. 
the catches away from the frame where he twists and contorts and elevates and goes back against his body or diving to the ground just continues to find the football and make catches like every once in a while there's a drop there but he's just been so solid catching the football and I think that continues to show that he's more than just a speed guy not that I ever 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 thought he was just that but sometimes the speedy guys can get unfairly tabbed with that one trick pony label and that could not be further from the truth with Jalen Waddle, who continues to just show that alpha receiver mentality in terms of that's my football. I'm going to go get it, whether it's short, intermediate, or deep, or otherwise. Jalen Phillips was in the backfield a lot on Thursday's practice, and we'll get into the one-on-one portion of practice here in just a moment, where I thought the offensive line got it done, and in that period, Phillips' pass rushes were being greeted by the nice pass-blocking work of some of those tackles. But then Jalen in the team period, he turned it on, and I had him with at least two sacks and some more pressure on other reps I also had him for a very strong edge set in the early run game period early in practice. And it's not just about sacks for defensive ends and outside linebackers. Much more goes into it than just sacks. And on that note, these practices take on a little bit of a different feel this time of year where it's a bit of a transition into the more regular season type of practice opposed to what you get in training camp. So the final periods have been half speed where it's more install and the early part of practice has been run game with some RPO work. So evaluating as far as media or like the podcast goes, I'm just not sure it's the same during this week. So it's not the same like one-on-one competition. Go ahead and watch these guys and watch them do battle. It's more about the team and the game plan and putting the structure of how you're going to call games in place. To continue though, Javon Holland not out there today, but obviously you know that I've been very impressed by his training camp so far. Liam Eichenberg, watching him work against Emmanuel Ogba is awesome because when he wins, you know it takes all you've got to deal with Emmanuel Ogba, the strength, the length, the bull rush, all of it, but also the fluidity that he brings to be able to bend around that edge and corner to the quarterback and of course the pass rush arsenal he features. But when Liam loses anyone loses for that matter, it's an educational moment and you're going to get some of those moments as a rookie. I mean, shoot, I tweeted that he had back-to-back nice reps against Emmanuel and then on one of those reps, I loved the patience he showed because 91 gets that NASCAR get-off that he shows sometimes and it looked like trouble, like a sack off the line, but Liam didn't panic. He stayed true to that kick slide, shuffled back there, got to his landmark and didn't throw the hands early, which is so key in in that element of the game and was able to get Emmanuel ran right around the quarterback on that rep. After another win, of course, I tweeted about those two plays, and then Brennan Scarlett gets him for a pass rush on the third for a possible sack. But that's what you want to see in camp, right? You want to see win or lose and learn from it. Hunter Long, he had himself a big day, the third-round draft pick of your Miami Dolphins. The most notable play was a 30-or-so-yard pass reception from Tua Tungavailoa on a beautiful ball that got up over the top of tight end eraser himself, Eric Rowe. And you guys know that this guy has been one of the best cover men against tight ends in the league the last couple of years. And we've seen that carry over this year into camp as well as the preseason with a PBU on third down in Chicago to get off the field and then a PBU on fourth down to prevent points against Atlanta. But Hunter Long caught one on that ball in the corner, but also one down the middle on a seam between a couple of defenders. So he's really showing you some of the ability to stretch the field and the sure hands. Remember last year, he led all FBS tight ends in receptions. And I think when he gets up to where you think he's maybe going full speed and looks like he can contribute in the full capacity of what he's capable of, and maybe that's now, that's for the coaches to decide. But when you can get him and Gasicki on the field for those 12 personnel packages, the two tight end sets, His ability to both catch and block and to threaten 
cover two, to threaten whatever kind of coverage you want to run down the middle of the field. Man, I think the makings of that nice combo there with two or three tight end packages really comes together. And we know this team is deep at the position, but I think that Long and Gasicki complement each other so well because Long can both unlock Gasicki's talent to get out and flex out and do stuff as a receiver, but he also can flex in or can jam down in line and make the make his pay as a blocking tight end. Larnell Coleman in the seventh round, I thought had one of his best days, and he's been getting work with the twos and even got some time with the ones today. And this is one of the more athletic tackles of the entire draft class this last season by measurement's sake. And I think you're seeing that on the edge and pass pro, but also there was a run play today where he got out in space, pulled out play side and carried a block like eight or nine yards downfield. So that looks pretty nice for Coleman. And then Jared Dokes, truth be told, either I just didn't see enough of it or he didn't get a ton of reps today, but I didn't have any notes on Jared Dokes. But the consistent areas of his game this camp I have noted have been the the absolute just shoulder the boom when he lowers the shoulder and some really nice agility in small areas as well. So that's the rookie draft class uh, for the day. Very encouraging to see them put together some of their best work towards the end of camp to A, demonstrate their growth, but also B, to not fall victim to the dog days and the fatigue that can come with that here as we get towards the end of training camp. Let's get back to the rest of the team here and start as we do with the quarterbacks. I thought Tua was very sharp today. Very, very sharp day from QB1. I mentioned the ball to Hunter Long. He had some nice connections with Jalen Waddell, Jakeem Grant, really the entire tight end room. And he found the backs. He hooked up with Devontae Parker on a rope that saw Vontae get some room to run after the catch. And he took off for a big gainer on that one. So good to see 1-11 cranking up again. He also had a really nice throw to Mac Hollins, who created some space from Xavier Howard on a catch and run up the sideline where he got plenty of yards. And you guys certainly remember the Brian Baldinger breakdown video from last week where he went through Tua's tape and showed you four or five plays of him just getting the job done in multiple capacities. And there was a great example of Tua on the footwork on a completion work in the RPO game to Waddle, where he goes from the feet facing one direction, has to flip the hips, get himself set and get that ball out there. And he just whips those things, the, his feet and his hips and the whole body to whip the ball out. But he whips his body back into a threatening position and the ball is up and out and into the receiver's hands. You love to see that. Saw more of that today. And the ability or Tua's, I should say, <clears throat> expanded athletic capabilities this season I think have been tangible so far because a lot of the time today there was some good coverage but also good pass protection and so on those instances the quarterback's kind of just chilling waiting to make a decision and there was a couple times where Tua got out and ran the ball and I thought he he really showed the ability to, to run in space and create yards with his legs but even more so than that there was one play where he rolled back against the grain and Andrew Van Ginkle had closed down and was kind of there waiting for him to just take away the boot and Tua ran the arc longer around Van Ginkle and beat him to the spot so that's great to see if you can expand the pocket that way and kind of get rid of those contained defenders that can be a big boost for your for your offensive production going forward as for the receivers we talked about I thought they had a much better day today I mentioned Jalen Waddle already Jakeem had some really crisp looking routes where he sinks those hips and drives into his cuts and explodes out of the break on one of the rips over the middle, Jakeem just comes off the line, shot out of a cannon, threatens deep, press the toes, you get your defensive backs to flip those hips, and then you set that thing down where he sinks the hips and turns it around, squishes the bug, pivots on that strong foot, and the ball is right there on his face mask as he turns back to the quarterback. So he and Tua have a nice rapport so far, but all of his routes just look the same. That's a great trait to have for a wide receiver. Talked about Kirk Merritt. 
I mean, he's made plays quite literally every single day. I loved chatting with him about his progression. It's been a joy to watch him just get better and make his case to make this roster. I think he certainly has done a good job of doing that. And finally, Malcolm Perry has had a really nice week. He's getting vertical, which, you know, that's kind of new to his game, but also showing some strong hands. I'm sure that he'll probably want that fourth down play from Atlanta back in the preseason game that he and Tua couldn't hook up on, but he's had a real nice bounce back. Not that he had a bad game, but just a good week of practice so far for Malcolm Perry. Last note here on the skill guys, Miles Gaskin is such a smooth and patient runner. And during that early game, early practice run period, he just seems to know where he can make his hay. Like he stretches it out and stays patient and reads those blocks. And then he makes the decision and he goes and he sees that hole develop and boom, he's off. He hits it and he goes. Let's get to that offensive line here. We just talked about a little bit and go through some of the matchups I saw in the one-on-one period of practice. And yesterday it was all defensive line. So it was great to see the offense really respond and bounce back today. And to start the drill, they went down the offensive line, and had five wins in a row for my money. First, Liam Eichenberg anchored on a bull rush from Emmanuel Ogba. We know how tough that can be. Then Robert Hunt tries to, or Christian Wilkins rather, tries to put a bull rush on Robert Hunt and then tries to spin out of it, and Hunt gets him to the ground on that counter move. And you heard the podcast yesterday, Wilkins has been so tough to block. So for Hunt to get that kind of win and put him on the ground, that's big time. And then Raekwon Davis, who in one-on-ones is as unstoppable as anybody, he puts a power move on Michael Dieter, and there was no push, which I talked about that early in camp, how Dieter has shown the ability to hold up against the strength of Raekwon Davis. Saw it again today. That's a beautiful sign for the Dolphins' offensive line. Adam Butler then had the best rep in this five-period or five-rep period where he gets good surge on Kinley, but Kinley recovered and anchored and locked him out and stopped that rep before the quarterback. And then Austin Jackson absorbs an absolute bull rush from Van Ginkle, anchors that thing, redirects it back inside and says, get out of my house, out the club, son. Then it was a nice mix. Austin Jackson had a good rep on Jalen Phillips, who tried a spin spin move, and nothing doing there. Good work by Austin Jackson once again. Then we come back, and Jason Strobridge gets the best of Larnell Coleman on the other tackle position. Adam Butler gave Robert Jones quite a ride on a pass rush where he just took him back into the lap of the quarterback. And then Jonathan Ledbetter got around Robert Jones at one point as well. And he stays in there and runs the rep right around the arc. So it was a good pass rush from Ledbetter, but a good reaction from Robert Jones to get the the counter and the win on the reaction. And by the way, for Ledbetter, haven't talked about him a whole lot this camp. But man, he's been working hard and getting some extra reps in after practice. He was out there hitting the sleds long after everybody was gone. So cool to see him work his butt off. And hopefully he gets another chance here in the league with the Miami Dolphins or otherwise. But yeah, I think Austin Jackson has really shown growth to really get those feet set and use the ground to dig in on bull rushes. But then you reactivate the feet because once you anchor you need to be able to react to the inside move or the upfield counter move and I thought he was doing a good job today holding that initial surge then staying with the rep and then Solomon Kinley has quietly had a couple of really nice weeks of practice I think pretty pretty much going back to Chicago he really held his own in that drill in the one-on-one drill but also in pass pro and the same was true with Michael Dieter and Robert Hunt they both too have quietly had nice weeks so far I also think Greg Little continues to improve each day we've seen him out here he had some rough go or some rough reps early on his first couple days but he's gotten better and showed some nice work today on the defensive line what do you know those big four are at it again and today I mostly noted Adam Butler 
He was the most successful in those one-on-one drills, and that carried over into the team period. I also thought John Jenkins had himself one heck of a day. Lots of knockback on that defensive line for John Jenkins. I put Jason Strobridge in there for a pressure during the team period. Tyson Render had a nice stick on a running back in the run game early on, and Andrew Van Ginkle was in the backfield a little bit as a pass rusher, some sack production, maybe a couple more pressures. That's kind of been his game all throughout camp as well. And then Duke Riley came clean on a blitz, and you just notice that closing speed with Duke Riley, whether it's closing the flats on a running back, catching the football, or coming around downhill on a running play, or coming up the gut on a blitz, whatever it might be, you often see that closing speed. And he landed Roberts. Man, what a stud. <laughs> Such a tone setter for Landon Roberts. You just feel his presence out there since he got back to the field. He brings the physicality every single day, and the pads are popping when Roberts is coming knocking. <laughs> Jerome Baker and Bernardrick McKinney, I thought both played well in coverage, as well as working against the run on the defensive, working off that defensive line. Just good communication there. They seem to be consistently in the correct gaps. And then Brandon Scarlett had a good rush on Eichenberg that I saw early on in practice, and then Eichenberg improved from there, and just continues to play a real strong edge in the running game. And then finally, in the defensive secondary, what a day for Byron Jones. Couple of pass breakups, in tight coverage on some other incompletions, nothing over the top. He and Xavier Howard together have just looked the park, getting into the flow of things as they kind of get back and ramp up to full speed for the regular season. And then Jason McCourty, too, was also a beast today, flying sideline to sideline. There was a lot of coverage plays that forced the quarterback to hang on to the ball, like I talked about in the quarterback segment, and just extend the play. And a lot of that was McCourty carrying things up top. Brandon Jones back out there getting some work. A lot of fun to watch him down around the box, around the LOS line of scrimmage. He's got that quick trigger and instinctive nature. I think that showed up some more today. Noah Igbenogany damn near had himself a pick six. And I asked him about it after practice, how you can make that happen next time. And he just said, I got to drive one step quicker. So he's close. I continue to think he's getting closer and closer and really showing us what he really truly has in the physical talent because it's all there for him just has to come together and then Clayton Fedulum had a nice PBU on Chris Myrick and then Nick Needham also continues to score PBUs really every single day talk about a workman-like training camp and a strong camp Nick Needham is among the top performers so far in all of training camp all right shorter show today let's get to the top performers then go ahead and get out of here before one more practice on Friday to cover for you guys before the trip to Cincinnati and then we're going to transition to a more Next week will be different on the podcast. Then we'll get to the regular season content the following week with a preview of a National Football League game, a regular season Dolphins game against the Patriots at 425 Eastern on Sunday, September the 12th. Top performers today, Malcolm Perry had a good day catching the ball, got vertical. Liam Eichenberg, some really good pass pro work, continues to show his stuff in that area. Emmanuel Ogba has just been on a tear since about the middle of camp, almost unblockable at times. Solomon Kinley got some push in the run game, but also the one-on-one drills in pass pro and carried that over, I thought, into the team portion. Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson, I thought both had solid days too. And then Jalen Phillips had the surge in practice after a slow start to get some sack production. Byron Jones was great from start opening gun to the end of practice. Tua Tungavailoa was sharp all day long, had one near pick, but it was dropped. But other than that, was very sharp. And then Hunter Long, some chunk plays in the passing game and some good work off the edge in the running game. All right, that is going to be my time. Caroline, daddy is coming home. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and OJ McDuffie. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.